0: Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guest and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 20 plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Starry, that's S T A R Y music.net, also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most of the places you get your music online. This podcast drops Every Tuesday, if not before, on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places, podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Got an extra buck or two? You wouldn't mind tossing in the podcast tip jar. Please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Also, considering helping get the word out of the street via social media, five-star rating and review, and or tell a friend or two. Happy Thought of the Day is by George Jones. When you're happy, you enjoy the music. When you're sad, you understand the lyrics. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Stereo Music Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 296. Please support this week's sponsors, ID Chrysler, Zombrota, and the Beatle Club. Also, thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Week one of summer school teaching in Wisconsin is in the books and going great. The play this year is Beatles Submarine. And to quote Manfred, it's going to be a hit. Last week's Geeks Wrap-Up. Friday played at Danny's in Stillwater, Minnesota. Great to finally be back after COVID. Saturday played at Eagle Lounge in Fox Creek, Wisconsin. Great to talk some turtle trot with old buddy Palace.
1: Upcoming shows.
0: Wednesday, June 16th, 2020, I'll be playing at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Thursday, June 17th, I'll be playing at Bistro 63 in Baronet, Wisconsin from 5.30 to 8.00 p.m. Friday, June 18th, I'll be playing at Ingredients in Wiper Lake, Minnesota from 5.00 to 8.00 p.m. Saturday, June 19th, I'll be playing at Vanelli's by the Lake in Forest Lake, Minnesota from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. guitarist of the legendary Minnesota rock band G.B. Layton, Patrick Tanner. We talk Joy Division, Richard Nixon, G.B. Layton recording techniques, and more. Enjoy the conversation.
1: Just relinquish
0: Mr. Patrick Tanner, we welcome to the Mark Stereo Music Podcast. Uh, guitarist and producer of GB Layton, you're the producer, right?
2: Yeah, um, I, uh, of we G. did G. it all. No Believe. Yeah, we, uh, me and Brian produced the album together. Um, yeah. And so, Patrick, I wanted to start the podcast
0: right here because uh, uh, he complimented me on my my t shirt, and it's a picture of Elvis Presley, his mug shot, like in the '70s or whatever. This was taken. With your buddy, last time I was here, Richard Nixon. Really? <laughs> this is when Elvis met Richard Nixon.
2: Wow. That's crazy.
0: And they made him like a, a whatever. It's
2: like an honorary, uh, uh, like D.A. It's like some sort of, he collected police badges and stuff like that. I think he wanted a title, you know. Make it official, you know I'm, I'm working with the government now,
0: yeah, so you hadn't finished the Richard Nixon book last time let's hear about how did that go?
2: You know what <laughs> I, I like to pride myself on on finishing books couldn't do it. I could not finish the Richard Nixon book. Um, I think I got about as nixonized as, uh, as you can get. you know He was, um, he was a complicated guy who was, you know, perhaps not very personable, knew that, and uh, that was kind of his Achilles heel. You know, he always wanted to be a little bit more popular and a little bit more better looking, and... um and uh, he never really quite got over that, I don't think. That's my personal take on it.
0: Oh, it's interesting. Patrick, I, I always like talking to you about music, guys, and I know you're big music. Is this your latest book on Pink Floyd?
2: Yeah. You know, if you want to know the truth about a band, you know, find find the, the book that the drummer wrote. <laughs> you know, because nobody wants to talk to the drummer while stuff is happening. And uh, so, yeah, I'm reading this book by Nick Mason, drummer of Pink Floyd. And... Uh <laughs> He was more of an observer, and uh, this is, it's very, it's called Inside Out, Personal History of Pink Floyd, and it's wildly entertaining. Yeah. Um, So we're
0: here at Bread Sound Studio here and done a number of podcasts down here. It's always interesting, always fun to come here. It's just a beautiful ambiance. And the new bathroom is a Joy Edition-themed bathroom. And I was asking Patrick about Joy Division, and they turned into uh, New Order, um, so we, I can ask you about that, but we do have a Minnesota connection that I guess is today or was yesterday, Bob Dylan's 80th birthday. I've never asked you about Bob Dylan. What are your thoughts about Bob Dylan?
2: Um, I think when when I came up, it was um, it was like you know somebody's older brother, older sisters kind of music. So it took me a bit to 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 get around to it. So I was probably in my late teens before I started listening to Bob Dylan and. And I just happened to uh, to buy the right album the first time, you know, Blonde on Blonde. And um, I think it's impossible, really, to be uh, a lyricist or to write uh, rock and roll lyrics that uh, deviate from the me and you, always together, forever, amen kind of stuff and not be influenced by Bob Dylan. I think he gave everybody license to basically... Uh, just get way out there and don't worry so much about uh, about uh, it being completely cohesive and and easily understood, you know, something that's more open for interpretation. So he definitely influenced me, and I think that anybody that says he didn't uh, get influenced by Bob Dylan, probably they just don't know it or they're lying or something like that. But um yeah. I'm
0: I'm on such a New Order kick. Who were there, and we were just talking about their lyrics, and I think it's more like beat poetry stuff, but what do you think that their lyric um, influence would be?
2: Uh, Well, with Ian Curtis and uh, Joy Division, uh, I just finished a book on on him that was written by his wife, and uh, it doesn't really shine a whole lot of light on... um, his influences as far as lyrics went, uh, I think he wrote about his own life in a way that um, that wasn't too specific because there was a lot of stuff going on there, and there was a balance to uh, to uh, to achieve for him being a young father and a young husband you know being married when you're in your teens and all that stuff so I think it's you know there's some cryptic stuff in there but but basically, I think the lyrics are they show a young man uh under a tremendous amount of pressure who's also um you know got a pretty serious um condition um and um yeah very short short lyrics to the point very good stuff i um you know, when you're 16, you know, when I discovered Joy Division, you're listening to those records and you're feeling that howling wind that just blows through you and you're wondering if you're ever going to be okay. Ian Curtis, you know, he got that. I think he spoke to to the kids that way. What's another band
0: along those lines I should check out? Then we'll get back. We're talking to Patrick about the producing GB's, the new GB Latent record, but I always have asked questions of this stuff. Pet Shop Boys, you like them at all?
2: Not so much maybe i i thought i thought it was clever you know i thought it was a clever thing that they did um but to me that was more had more to do with dance music than than anything else and i think they were super effective in 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 doing that but i if i don't believe the singer and i don't believe the lyrics. I have a hard time latching on to something. I want, I want somebody to tell me something uh, about my life in a profound way that I wouldn't have been able to think of myself.
0: You know? uh, one last other question. I know you collect George Jones albums and George Jones stuff, right?
2: I did. Oh, you did. I, I just purged a, a, an enormous amount of George Jones records um, I kept the, the depressing 70s stuff when he was like super messed up on Coke, bourbon, sardines, and saltines. That was the diet. Yeah. No, he, he, he had a hateful diet, you know, when he was in, in the throes of, uh, of uh, Coke and what Coke he addiction. Eat? He, would eat, he would eat canned sardines, he would put those on saltine crackers and wash it down with bourbon. So you could say the man was probably very dehydrated. Why
0: would you do that?
2: Um, he,
0: they, like, taste of that or something?
2: I don't know. I think that it was just not a priority, like healthy eating, you know, because if you got an enormous Coke habit, you know, that's probably, uh, you know, stuff that saves well that doesn't need to be refrigerated. I don't know. Maybe he was driving in his car a lot and couldn't stop. I have no idea. Get some 4x4
0: fun this summer with a 2021 Jeep Cherokee Trailhawk. Find your new SUV at ID Chrysler Zombrota. I still love my black Jeep Cherokee guy from ID Chrysler. With 250,000 miles my old car, it was just too much for the poor thing to take. I found myself looking for my new dream ride at ID Chrysler, and the staff can have more help with me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out their inventory at ZombrotaCDJR.com or take the beautiful drive down US 52 to 1900 Roscoe Avenue, Zombrota, Minnesota to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 9 to 5 p.m. Closed on Sundays. Check out Ivy Chrysler's Zombrota today and enjoy a safe summer season full of adventures and memories out in the open road in a new ride. Is it true He Stopped Loving her today was like pieced together over like a year and they clipped his vocals all together and that's how it came about? He Stopped
2: Yeah, I mean that was indicative also of, of his life at the time when he he was not reliable. You know, he got the no-show Jones nickname for not showing up to gigs or uh, rehearsal rehearsals or recording sessions. And um, but he still every time he opened up his mouth, you know, he would he would make a hit record, and and he had his biggest hits in the seventies. So, um, um, but they just had to catch him, you know, whenever they could. I you know he did a duet with Elvis Costello for uh, an album called uh, My Very Special Friends I think, but Elvis never got to meet George Jones you know he was not in the studio he was elsewhere, wow he had to do that separately.
0: One last George Jones thing I was watching a some TV show on him and it was before he died and they were in his new house he was clean living or whatever but everyone's known he is a cult fiend you know whatever. And so they went and it. they're just looking around his house, whatever, he opened up his fridge and just made me think about what he was eating, whatever, and the only thing that was in the fridge was five-hour energy.
2: Oh, my God. It's so all
0: was just stacks of five-hour
2: energy. He's just <laughs> minutes away from collapsing at any time.
0: <laughs> all right. I guess we'll start talking about, uh, um, about uh, the GB Layton record here, which is I've been listening the last few days. Thanks for getting out to me, Patrick. And typical of your stuff. We've done reviews on your latest rock and roll record last year, with your Swedish record. All your stuff always sounds spectacular. Again, with this one, the sonically just sounds outstanding. Um, So I was kind of interested, like, when, what's your guys' recording process when Brian brings a song down? And was there any ones in here that were kind of tricky or interesting
2: to track? Well, the way you know uh the way Brian brings not 10 songs he'll bring me one song and um and um uh, play it for me and then we work on it right then and there um to get to get the basic track together make sure that it's going the way Brian wants it to go um so it was it was not a matter of just like recording an album is a recording a bunch of songs kind of one at a time and working quickly you know because brian likes to work quickly um yeah um
0: i guess i'll start off as a producer thing on the song it's all right or i see you the jamaica the reggae feel song what it was almost reminded me like a willco thing when you scratch the electric guitar like right before the chorus and it comes back out like producer stuff like what made you want to do that
2: well that was that was actually something that i did just to see if i was getting a signal on that track you know So I played in something in time with a little drum fill there. And I go like, that kind of you know, uh, punches up that, that drum fill a little bit. I'm going to leave that in. And then I did it every time before the chorus rolled around. But that was a really weird song because we had been playing the song live with the band for probably a year. And uh, it's, it was a very different thing than what you hear on the record. But I always enjoyed it when Brian played it by himself. Uh, just acoustic guitar and vocal. I always felt like when he was doing that together and on its own, it had a really cool, intimate vibe, you know, like a beach party or whatever, you know, kind of thing around the fireplace. Um, and uh, so he uh, recorded just the, the, the acoustic guitar and a vocal at the same time, no click track. Really? And um, after that, then I built out from that uh thing and started adding you know started with the ukuleles because they're cheerful and then i just kept adding things but there's no click track so i really had to pay attention to what he had done there at the very beginning with the guitar and the vocal and uh, i just kept adding stuff and uh, just going back listening to old reggae music and how how yeah, how it always seemed to have kind of a makeshift quality to it like you use what you have on hand and you make it make it work that way and uh, i wanted to capitalize a little bit on that and um so yeah that's one of my favorite tracks on the record yeah you know primarily because of you know brian's vocal it's very very much in the moment it's a first or a second take throughout that that whole thing so
0: I noticed that there's some there's a lot of big big vocal notes and interesting vocal stuff on this album. I was asking about this song the only reason why it's kind of got that old uh, what do you call that torchlight song when he goes down and up that little riff mm-hmm. right before you know the reason why. Um, so does he take a lot of takes on this stuff or is this
2: not at all? You know, I think it's um it's common, you know, I think with any singer, it's like you make somebody sing something over and over and over again and eventually they start thinking about what they have to do later in the day. Yeah. You know, once they leave the studio. So with Brian, it's really if I can get two takes or three takes and uh, then piece together the best stuff. Um, like I said before, Brian likes to work quickly. He doesn't like to sit around in the studio, you know, and it's not his um that's not his favorite place to be i don't think it's a matter of capturing things and making things happen while he's there i think the average length of any session that we did together is probably anywhere between 2 or 3 hours uh and then he leads and then i you know do more overdubbing and things so like when that. you're when you're producing and putting the tracks together and stuff do you
0: like know what he likes or kind of have some certain GB Layton go-to sounds sonically or whatever or does he just let you experiment with whatever you want does he ever say like hey let's pull that guitar out of there that's getting too wilco on me that's getting too joy division on me or is he kind of letting you do whatever
2: i think he's he's remarkably open-minded but i also know his background in you know 70s classic rock kind of stuff. We know the same records. We've heard the same records. So I know what he likes. I wouldn't I wouldn't like dream of, you know, trying to put in some like German seventies kraut rock, you know, or or it's like, hey Brian, hey maybe we should do this as like a freeform Bebop jazz thing. You know, I I wouldn't do that, but but he um you know he's he's remarkably open minded and if I had an idea we Uh, we usually ended up using it you know but primarily because i peel away the stuff that that just that his fans wouldn't like or that he wouldn't like um and uh, i want him to be happy and have a record that he can't that he that he doesn't have to apologize for so for me it's important to to get there and i have no ego invested in this and um
0: I want to tell you about one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The Bdale Club, located on the corner of County Road B, and Dale's motto is, a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun, and that is a fact. Summer school in Wisconsin starts up soon, and I'm gonna miss my weekly Bdale gigs and hang time with my buds. Rob, Emily, Natalie, Shelley, and the entire bar staff are all state-of-the-art cocktail artists. As of late, my libation of choice is the classic Greyhound cocktail, and they are to quote 16-time world champion Ric Flair, Tasty Little Devils, Save the Date, B-Dale Club Barbecue Contest, August 7th. Live music, pool table, pool tabs, bingo, bocce ball tournaments, and much, much more. B-Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one soon.
2: On 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 that same topic, uh, he came in one session, and I can't remember what song it's it's there, but he had come up with this, like, hey, you should play this like Beatles kind of thing on the intro. And I figured it out, and it's like, yeah, that's it. And then he came back the next session and he said, you know, hey, I don't know if you're going to like this, but I think it's going to be a harmonica solo there instead. And I'm like, groovy. You There's know? some harmonica solos yeah. on here. And, yeah. uh, and I mean, you know, we talked about that, too. And harmonica is one of those instruments that just makes people happy or it, it'll perk people's ears up, you know, when you hear a harmonica there. So harmonica trumps guitar every time. Really? I, mean, I think so.
0: I'm a harmonica player. You know, and yeah. if you
2: think of, like, uh, with the Bruce Springsteen song, uh, uh, Promised Land, mm-hmm. that starts with a big harmonica thing that just kind of points the way. And I think a lot of the songs here, like, uh, As Time Goes By, I think that was the actual song where we had that beatle guitar in the beginning, and then he wanted a harmonica instead, and I think the song is better for it.
0: Outstanding. Um, so what are your favorite key tracks performing or recording this album
2: um you know every every i like every song on here and um i think uh the only reason why um i i really like that one a lot i think that uh, the vulnerability and brian's vocal which is a first or a second take um didn't touch it you know it was just something that where you can you can tell he's on the on the edge of of breaking, you know, there's yeah. something something very fragile and vulnerable about that vocal that makes the whole track work.
1: While others waved and pass me by If I live to love another day, you're the only reason why.
2: And then we got Jeff Victor in to um to write a string arrangement for it. And uh that really uh took it over the top. So I'm a big fan of that. Lost. I really love that one because um, you know, I got Tina in there to sing and I, you know, we I was thinking, who can we bring in that can kind of match him in intensity and and um uh, authority, you know, somebody that will, you know. You know that will that will deliver a a, a worthy um, counterpoint, and uh, she did great. You know, and I, obviously, it's always great to work with Tina. You know,
0: yeah, I know. I was I, I asked him because I hadn't had the liner notes. So I was like, "Who's that female singing on there?" Goes, oh, it's Tina Schleske. I'm like, "Oh, that's outstanding!" Kind of Rolling Stones ish back and forth. At yeah, the end of the, yeah. I thought it was really cool too. Um Has he? I don't. Know if the, I can't think any albums he really had a lot of female. Singers on there, backups, that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, um, you know, it's got to be. It's like Brian has a, a superhuman kind of voice. You know, I can hear him clear across the stage. You know, on that on a stage that's really loud, I can hear what's coming out of his mouth. And um, and if you're gonna have somebody in there, if there's gonna be a, a female singer, it's got to be somebody who doesn't sound like a girl. You know, you need somebody that sounds like a woman, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that's fully grown. So, uh, you know, Tina was a really good match for that. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, uh, it had to happen and it did.
0: So for your, there's a lot of electric guitar solos and like on Lost is really just crisp chord progressions. What's your GB Layton And I know you played a million different records and whatever, but for G.B. Layton, what is your go-to sound guitar and amp for this band and for recordings?
2: Well, for live, I I play Gretsch guitars and Fender amps and... uh with a good amount of reverb and and delay on there, I heard there's some and songs with
0: a delay. Like, was like a big part of the song was the pulse of the delay. Yeah, what song was that? I can't think off the top of my head.
2: Um, I don't know if I can think of it either. <laughs> uh, but you know, in a, in a live setting, you know, I this band had been together for decades before I joined, so it took me a bit to figure out what my um, area was going to be, and uh, there was a lot of rhythm in the band already and i figured you know more of a texture kind of thing something that didn't provide rhythm where there was already a crap ton of of rhythm so live Gretsch guitars fender amps in the studio i'll use whatever works and uh, i'm not married to any one style i don't even think of myself as a guitar player um i love guitars and they look great but um but i just want stuff that works you know You go through all the guitars until you find something that works, and you go through all the amps until you find something that fits the bill, you know. But I'm not a Telecaster, Gibson, Stratocaster person. I just use whatever, you know.
0: Can your ear tell what guitar it is just by playing it? Like if you'd played Lost on a Stratocaster, that was on a Stratocaster. Oh, was.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and that was just one pass. You know, Brian just had had came in with a song and he wanted it done right then and there. So I think we had that one just short of, of Tina's backing vocal. We probably had that song done and dusted in like three hours.
0: And did you play the drums and bass?
2: And yeah, on that track, I played pretty much everything.
0: Wow. Um, so I get besides this album, is there anything else you've been working on during this COVID time? And you just released a record, but that was that was an interesting story. We talked about that a number of episodes ago.
2: Yeah. well, I had another album that I was going to put out last fall. Um, and I got as far as getting it recorded, mixed and mastered. and uh, uh, two weeks before I was going to release it, i I just had second thoughts. and um, and it had been pointed out to me by a couple of people that perhaps this record was a wee bit dark and uh which is saying something when it comes to me because i you know i am darker than that full auto auto shut off one uh it was yes but it was more uh, uh it was not quite as chaotic it was a very focused kind of darkness and it was um you know i at the end of the day i just felt like um, all the stuff that we went through the last 4 years with um, you know, things happening in government and stuff. Basically, what I, uh, what I did with that record was just point out the obvious. Turns out that that was really freaking dark. And then I, I realized that, you know, perhaps uh, people don't want my, my summary on the darkness that they had just experienced. Perhaps I should just let that one go, and uh, that's something I'd never really done before, just dropped it like that. But I did, and who knows if that will ever come out. And, you know, in the meantime, I'm working on another record that's more about family and positivity and the power of love, you know. and uh, Not, Mike, not Mike love. No, regular no. Regular love. Regular, actual, <laughs> actual, real love, yeah. So, so I'm chipping away at a record like that. Um, any other plans for another Swedish record not right now you know i um um I f- I feel like I kind of you know i uh rid myself of that demon uh with that record, and I said what i what I wanted to say about you know my upbringing in sweden and and that kind of thing um who knows you should never say never to anything. It can come back to anything at any time but uh, right now, I'm just in kind of a harvest mode, just collecting songs. Awesome.
0: All right, Patrick, thanks for being on the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Always great to have you on. Oh, thanks I for having me. Thanks for us into Bread Sound Studio. It's always fun to come here and hang out and stuff, and, and I just appreciate it. Thank Congrats you. Congrats on the new band record here, and hope you have a, a great summer rocking out. Thank you very much. You as well. Thank you, man. All right.
1: just we language
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Starry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for new podcasts about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places, podcasts are available. Again, please support this week's sponsors, ID Chrysler, Zombrota, and the BDL Club. This is also a listener-supported podcast, so if you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Starry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on this show, please head on over to your local local record store, or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time.
1: Seem like these days, dreaming of you can't get you out of whatever I do. You just keep creeping in my mind. And I can see your beautiful eyes. And I wonder, are you dreaming in your sleep? Are you wishing what you see? When you see him, is that me? Cause I see you I can be the wind in your hair Feel your touch, see your breath in the air I get to hold you, but it's not the same I want to live beside you night and day And I wonder, are you dreaming in your sleep? Are you wishing what you see? When you see him, is that me? Cause I- My eyes to get me through. Are you dreaming in your sleep? Are you wishing what you see?